0: This Today's daf is Tzadah Gimbal. We're starting on the second line on Tzadah Gimbal med alef. We're still continuing. It's really the last of. We had Rabba asking, uh, Rava asking Rav Amari that there are certain adages, certain sayings uh, that was common by either the Chachamim to say or the people to say, and where in Tanakh or where in Mishnah was this principle based upon. Talmud says like this. From where is this thing that people say, that if you stick with someone who's got wealth, you follow someone with wealth, you'll pull away pieces of fat? Which basically means that it, that their, their wealth will rub off on you. If you hang around wealthy people, the wealth will rub off you. Where does that come from? It says uh Rashi points out in Chumash is that you know that Light went he was like schlepped along by Avram. He went as a schlepper and he came back as a man of means, because he hanging around with Avraham, so that's how he picked up his wealth. He had son, sheep, buck or cattle and all and in tents. Khanan, Din al tchila Somebody feels that he has the the right to say to a person, your know, God will punish you. So like your path Divine judgment over someone else. So then the bullseye goes onto that person. Means if you feel you have the, the the capacity to judge someone divinely, then they judge you first in Shemayim. Shenemar we see that by Sarah. Sarah was upset with Avram for because she could not have any children and neither could he. And then he goes with Spalel and he has a child with Hagar for two things. Number one, why he must follow that he should have a child and not that she? And also, she felt that Avram was being complicit or was at least not taking action in the way that Hagar was treating her. So she said, uh Sarai El Avram, that I'm holding you accountable for the injustice that's happening to me. And the end of the post says, and let God judge between us I mean she's invoking divine justice upon him but Siv and find out what happens is that that is that actually Avram uh, 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 Avram ended up eul, uh, eulogizing her it's still a little to understand but he's mm-hmm. like she brought upon her own demise she predeceased him so she judged him and she got judged right. What's that? Doesn't have to be next to each other. The point is, is that she did it, and then she died early. That's now that's only where there is a based in in uh, in this earth that can judge the situation. But if a person finds himself in a predicament where there's no based in that can deal with it, then invoking divine justice is not considered to be something that bad. So Taisva says, so what what about Sarah? She said she had the basin of shame. She could have she felt an injustice being done towards her, she should have gone to the basin of shame. She should not invoke divine justice. Amrab Yitzhak, Ayla yisra The Pasik says that if you oppress the uh, the poor, then and, and 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 he will cry out to me, I think it's about the pledges by taking the mashka and up returning it. It says that Yitzchak uh, yitzak will cry out to me. And the Apostle says and Hashem will come down with fury and with anger uh, and, and He will decimate them. doesn't say him, it says them. So, uh, so the more is saying is because sometimes the fury is not going to come on the perpetrator, the fury will come on the Tzoic, on the one who is crying out as well and even more because He is invoking divine... Justice, he's like saying God that like he's crying out will be God will punish you. Then he ends up getting punished as well. The same concept. Woe to the one who cries out. Sometimes Yoser mita Nitzak more than the Nitzak that the one who is crying out about means the perpetrator. nam yachin, the Bracha supports it. It says Nitzak that the Pesuk says that Rashi brings down varakti Eschem I will decimate both the, all, both of you means that Soek and the Nitzak. However, sometimes the Tzohik gets punished before the Nitzak. Why? Again, this idea, because he's invoking divine justice, he's like saying, God will punish you. God will punish you. That's the clear way to end up getting punished first. That even the curse of a lightweight, of not such a, not a big Tzadik, even if someone is not a big Tzadik, it gives you a curse, you ought to be careful about such a curse. Shahare Avimelech killed less We find Avimelech cursed Zorah and it, uh, it took hold within her children. When he paid her off because of uh, what happened that he had, uh, had, had, had seized her, taken her away from Av- Av- Avram, so he said to her, this shall be for you a covering of the eyes. Chazal interpreted that means it was a curse. He was saying is, because you blindsided me, you did not give me full visibility of what's going on over here, the curse should be that someone in your descendants should also be blinded. So, Allah (inaudible) said to her, You covered this up from me and did not uh, reveal it. (inaudible) Shehu Isher, that he is your husband. (inaudible) Causing me this pain. So Yiratzon should be God's will. Sheu lach b'nei kisuye einayim that you should have children that also have coverings of the eye, which are, that are blinded. And his sky and bizarim, where do we see it took hold in her children? Tookstiva he kizake and Yitzchak vatechena einav miroyis. That when Yitzchak got older, he was could not see. He was blind. He could not see. So therefore the Chazal, at least according to one reason, is attributing that was his blindness, was because of the curse of Avimelech. We have two, we've already had two other places, or two other interpretations as to why he was blind. But right now, I think we have more McGillow, we said, Amar Avahu, mina that you should always, always better to be the underdog. It's better to be the person who is pursued, and not to be the pursuer. Don't be the one chasing it's better to be the one who is chased okay. she, God what's that okay. in, area, in any area in life God helps the underdog God God feels closer to the near and not the road because the most pursued the most the greatest victims among the birds they're the prey are the pigeons and the turtle doves the back and yet those are the only ones that are kosher to come on the Mizvah. those are the ones that uh, that God uh, likes. I think mean, it's all <laughs> about There's a post like that that God loves the underdog, the, pers- the pursuit party. Vayter. All right. Haomer sma as So he said that if a person says blind my eye, chop off my hand, and you did it, you're chayev. If he says a simple way of reading the mission, the way we read Almi um, he says do it even and even and if you do it, almanath liftor. I will exempt you, he is still Chayef. But by property, if he said, do it, go burn my clothes, you know, then you're Chayef. Almanas manas liftor, we say by property, then you are Potter. So Simona wants to know, I'm a of Asi's, Barakama le should be the right gear so said to Rabba, mai shno reisha, my Why does the stipulation not help by physical damage but it does help by property damage. So Amalei Raisha if he adam meichel al Reisha But in the raisha it is because a person the mechila that somebody gives you to chop off one of his uh, primary limbs, that to the tips of his limb, that that's not considered a real mechila. So even when he says Almanas liftor, you cannot accept that. That's not something that accept. But by property, that is something you can accept. unless Lifter works by property. So, Amr Lehi, so, Rab, Rab Asi asked Rav, he says, "Lahora, we have a brysa that says, means he understood why, he understood when you're causing direct pain to the person, inflicting damage on the person, even if he tells you, Amr Lifter, person cannot mean that. He can't be, because the person can't be doing that. So, he says, well, then why, how do you understand this brysa? Now, this brysa is not actually talking about whether it's physical damage but it's talk, it means that that's actually irreparable damage. But it's talking about that somebody is, you tell somebody, slap me, somebody uh, punch me, beat me, but not necessarily chop off my hand. So, that still would fall into that, this physical pain. And yet, what does it say over there? According to what your cheshven is, a person is not moichel al gufoy. So, how would it be personally al al The sanya physical body pain. We said, hakeini Beat me, uh, wound me, almanas liftar, and you will not be held accountable. Pater, you're exempt. Now, using your logic, the difference between body and property is by body, a person who can't be meichel, even if he says it. Then why, in the brayser that we just quoted, does it say almanas liftar, hakeni pzeini, and there taka it works? The almanas works. So ishtik. So Rabbi answer. remained silent, meaning he had no answer. He could not. Explain the way he explained our Mishnah doesn't fit with his explanation of the brides. At least that's what he thought. So Amar midish baha. So he said to Rav Asi, Do you "Have you heard an answer to this? You're asking me the conscience, but have you heard any interpretation that would help uh, reconcile the the the, 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 the ratio with the safer with the brighter?" So I'm so, uh, I don't know. Between limbs and So uh, who is it? So Amar. Uh, so, um, uh, Rav Sheishis, Mishu, so I don't know Amale. if this is Rav Az ah, uh, Did I skip something here? Yeah, He said that Rav As, he said this is The way Rav Sheishis Explained the difference He says the difference is That when you Are paying For the damage The, the, the irreparable damage Of the limb What you also are paying over there Is not only the embarrassment boshes, not only for for, uh, it's not only both, uh, but the, all, the payment is not only the way it impacted you, but if you are now walking around the rest of your life with your arm missing or your leg missing, there is a begamish bokha. It's actually you've, you've embarrassed the family, you've defamed the family. You do, so, therefore, like this, now it makes sense. If it's talking about an irreparable damage, so it's not just your own physical pain, it is the damage to the family, you can't be moichal on that. If it is property, property could be moichal on. If it is pain that's affecting you, getting a slap, it's not affecting... It's not going to be something you're walking around like that, the rest of the year. So there you can be moichel on it as well. So that's the difference. When it's irreparable and it's causing damage to the family, that is not something you be moichel. It's called p'gam mishpocha. So itmar. We have a uh, machlochus amar Rab Oshia amar mishum p'gam So Rab Oshia says the same thing as Rab Sheshus. Is that the, that the reason that you cannot be Moichel and almanas Liftor doesn't work by the irreparable damage? Is because of Begam Mishpocha. Ravah, this is why the Bach changes, it, because Ravah does not agree with the Kasha asked by Rav Asi. He holds that Ravah's Pshat is correct and there's a distinction. He says, He says there still is a difference by saying a person could never be Moichel where it's chopping off the top of his limbs to where a person's getting a slap. A slap, yeah, it is pain, but it's pain that is not going to be forever. So that he all the person could be on. But Roshevim which is our Mishnah which is chop off my hand or, 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 or blind my eye, that a person cannot be Moichel. So basically Ravah is agreeing with Rabba's chiluk, he's not agreeing with Rabasi's question. That's the Pshat in in, in Ravah. No, he doesn't have to agree with Pcha That's not the Pshat. It's not Pcha Mishpacha. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Ravah. Rabbi Yochanan Amar... Rabbi Yochanan says... The whole Pshat in reading the Mishnah... Is completely different. The Pshat in reading the Mishnah... Is the way the Mephoshim explained. What Rabbi Yochanan is going to say... Is basically... Is a person... Is... Can, can be moichal on anything. You can even be moichel on... Roshay evarim as well. Technically... But you have to analyze the response. Was the response being said sarcastically, or is the response being saying that he actually he's, he means it seriously? Generally, we will assume that if something is causing a person irreparable harm, that you, there the chances are he's being sarcastic when he says yes. When it's when it's. Uh, and that's why, that's the example that he learns in the Mishnah. He learns the Mishnah reads like this. The way we read the Mishnah originally is that a person says, uh, chop of my arm, chayeth. Chop of my arm, almanas lifter. Who's saying the almanas lifter? The victim. almanas lifter, still Chayath. The way he learns it is the guy the chop of my arm. Then the, the perpetrator, the person who's telling him to do it, he says, "Amanas lifter, will I be potter? And he says, yeah, yeah right, yeah sarcastically, meaning in that case where he said it in such a way, then the almanas lifter would not work. But if he says it in a way that he says, or let's say he's the one who introduced the almanas lifter, which means then you would be potter according to Rabbi Yochanan. And the brysa is when it says that uh, when it says that the person is going to be chayev, he's saying is that even if the person says no you could be chayev. Because you can, hey, chop uh, go burn down my 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 house, he says, and I'll be uh, and I'll be Potter. Will I be? I mean, will I be liable? He says, no. What do you think I'm telling you? No. What, I mean, there where you say the no, it could mean yes. So the Yochanan says you have to look at each situation. There's a no that can be yes, and there's a yes that can be no. You just have to see what the level of sarcasm is relative to the situation to see what is considered to be what it means. So let's read Yochan side So Ammar, Yesh Hain there's a yes which is like a no. And there is a a a a, a no which is like a yes. And therefore in the morning of a The brings a brysh to support of contention. The person said, the victim said, you know what, why don't you beat me? Why don't you wound why don't you wound me? The the, the 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 guy you're asking the perpetrator says, "Hamanas lifter. He says, "But I, I'm happy to do so, but will I be potter?" But <laughs> He said yes. He says uh, So therefore, there is a ye a hain which is like a love. And you have to see how he said yes. Did he say? Yeah right. That, you, you really think that's what I wanted you to do, or is it yes? I want. So you have to know there is a yes that could be no. I, you, that you, you 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 either yes yes. Why else am I telling you, or you? So there's a yes that could mean no, or there's a yes that could mean yes. Cross ksusie almanaz liftor. So again, tear my clothes, and the guy says almanaz liftor. Will I be Potter? For Amar and he says no. So he says, I write love with okay. That's a love like it's yes. Yeah. So by, that's generally, it could be the other way, but the one thing, the, you, the norm. The norm is if you say, hurt me, or, and he says yes, he generally will mean no, if he's being sarcastic. If he says, "turn my clothes, and he says no sarcastically, that generally will mean Yes, and that's exactly the answer that Rabbi Yochanan gave to explain our mission. So you have to learn our mission. Then, even though this piece is missing, our mission because our mission doesn't say the response of yes or no. We don't have that in mission. Rabbi Yochanan learned that's what the mission is referring to. Let's yeah, go by. I to. guess the non familiar would be if it's handwritten in a contract. Well, again, you can't. It, uh, you can't. You can't infer sarcasm from a handwriting, yeah. right? So you assume it's not. Very serious. Talk right. more I don't know what today, a normal law, if a guy today he says, I want you to chop up my arm. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, today you can sell body parts. Yeah. You know, no, it's uh-huh. it has, uh, psychological condition. What? If you hurt somebody oh. in a civil law, you're violation against the state also, so it's not just a personal thing. No. Well, let's say he doesn't die. You can sign a release? You can sign a release. Is yeah, there some sort of consideration? Yet. It's a contract. The limb that they have is disturbing them. Yeah, I'm they saying, they is they it a state versus, versus Somebody uh, who kept the place. The person died. Oh. And if a person dies, process where you get yeah, the other with the time. Didn't want yeah, that way. Right. Yeah, yeah, but, but is he, he able to? Doesn't he still, still get a laugh from hitting someone? Yeah, we're not talking about where that. We're not talking about financial responsibility. We're not talking about what it's mutter to do or not. They don't give you the option. Shaber is kadi kras ksusichayiv. So we said that if you tell somebody. Uh, you know what? Break my jug or tear my clothes. You're still going to be chayiv. You still need the almanas lifter. Without the almanas lifter, you still chayiv. Now the Gemara assumed right now, what's the case? So a simple case would be you gave someone your jug to watch, or you gave someone your garment to to watch, and then you tell them, you know what? Don't give it back. Just go break it. You're still chayiv because you're chayiv from the dina You're chayiv, and uh, unless he says almanas lifter, let the Gemara understand. I'm going to ask you a contradiction. We have over here, the posseh says, by the laws of Shmira, i'shel beged or Kalim It says Lishmar. If you give it to him with condition to watch, so then the person is Chay And some, and, then, and you're negligent, you're chayev. abed. But not if he has it to destroy. means you tell somebody, take this to destroy then he's not chayv in the Dineshmira. The Dineshmira means once you've taken uh, into, you take something and you're watching it, you now have a responsibility not to make sure there's negativity. You tell him, take it, and, uh, and then destroy it, then taka you'll be potter. Alright? Uh, Lishmar, again, from Lishmar it says that you give it to him to watch, but not to tear. Lishmar, that you only, if so he get so many money to watch, and, uh, and he's high if he's negligent. But what if he says, listen, I want you to take it, but I want you to give it out to the poor. I want you to give it out of chat, And then he's negligent and he loses it. He's also going to be potter. Rashi explains his potter because you gave it to him to give it to the aniyam. So now who's going to be taveya him? You, you're giving it away already. I'm, the only one that can be taveya are the aniyam. But which ani can come be Toveya? Because any ani that says, eh, hey, you lost my money, who says I was going to give it to you? So, therefore, in all these cases, since it says lishmar, that if it's given with a contingency of either breaking it, or tearing it, or giving it out to the aniyim, you will not be chayev if, if you're negligent with it. Now, the Gemara wants to know, the Gemara's asking a contradiction, because our Mishnah says that you're only potter when you give someone something, even if you instructed him to destroy it or break it, only if you said almanas liftor. But if you never said almanas liftor, even if you told him, break it, you're still going to be chayiv. So why in the brise does it say that if you told him, take it, uh, uh, and you can, uh, uh, without saying amenaz lift or take it, break it, right. it says you're potter. So we have a contradiction between the brise and the Mishnah. You have a contradiction? What? See, what the brise says, the, right? the says, the Mishnah says that if you tell someone, listen, take this and break it, take this and tear it. You are chayiv unless you throw in the words, amanas Lishmor. The Brises said, the Torah says, if you give something to someone Lishmor, so that means that you're only going to be chayiv if you gave it to him Lishmor. But if you gave it to him, laabed, or lacroa, or, or, or lachalaglaniam, you're potter, even though you never said the words, amanas lishmar. So one's asking that of the current, amanas uh, Liftor. Right. So when says like this, He said the difference is like this. If if you've you've given it to him, once he takes hold of it, he's responsible for it. So therefore, that's where the, the din is going to be, our Mishnah's din. That the only way you can be exempt if there's an almanas lifter. Otherwise, just telling him to break will not override the fact that once he's taken it, he's chayv in returning it and he's chayv in negligence. But, the case of the brysa, which Darshaning the Apostle Glishmore, meaning, you haven't given it to him yet. He hasn't taken possession of it yet. If he hasn't taken possession of it yet, then in such a case, then you don't need the the almanas to exempt him. Because basically he never, the Khiv Shmira never kicked in yet because he never took possession. So Amar le Rabbi he says, Rabbi says, that's difficult to understand. Because the parsha that you're darsening it with is the word Lishmor. Right? It says, Kiitan ish el re'eyu ber and the, But Lishmor is talking about where the guy already took hold of it. He took it. That's the drusha. The drosha is lishmar, but not when you gave it to him, not gave him but lishmar, it's talking about where he's taking possession. So you can't say the brash is talking about where he never took possession yet, because the that you're darshaning is a possibility that says lishmar, which implies what? That he did take possession. So you cannot be in you know, has he taken possession, not taken possession, if the, the possibility you're darshaning it from is talking about where he already took possession. So lishmar is the other mashmah. It's mashmah that he did take possession in both cases we're talking about that the person will have taken possession the difference is was this uh, con- the contingency of you have a right to break it or or, or tear it or give it to Aniam was it stipulated before you gave it to him or was it stipulated after you gave it to him if you gave it to him you stipulated it before then even though he took possession but the chi of shmira doesn't kick in. Remela, there you don't need the Almanas lift door. But if you first gave it to him where the chi of Shmira did kick in, and then you tell him I can go break it or whatever. Then he can't, it won't override the obligations of Shmirah unless you yourself abrogate those obligations by doing what? <inaudible> by saying the almanas <inaudible> lifter. So that's the distinction. <inaudible> so therefore, loy like, Kasha, one, did he take it initially? In both cases he took it, but he take it as a shomer with the laws of Shmirah. And the Braz is talking about where he took it not for Shmirah, he took it for Kriya. In order to tear it, to burn it, to do it, to so then the Lord of Shmiran don't kick You don't need the Almanas lifter. Says the Gemara the following thing. So we learned in the Brisa, so when you give it to someone, Almanas that he should give it out to the Aniim. I want you to give it to Aniim. and he's negligent with it. You cannot be mechayev because you yourself you've given up on it. You've said it's not yours and give it to the Aniim. The Aniim can't collect it. Why? Because which Ani is going to come and say, you know, what I am going to say? You owe me 50 bucks. First of all, who said I was going to give you 50 bucks? And who said I was going to give it to you? So one says, Ahu Arnika, there was a wallet that stuck, was a, 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 a pushka of, of, of charity. To also Pompadisa that came to Pumpadisa, Abkadir Rabi Yosef. was one of the Rosh uh, the yeshiva in Pumpadisa, And he entrusted it, Gaba Ahu Gavra, to a certain person that his job should be what? Distributed. Machalika a distributor he was negligent with it, uh, and, and because he didn't watch it correctly, oh. so Asu Ganvi Ganvua, Ganovim came and stole it. Chai <laughs> Rab Yosef, Rab Yosef told the Gabai that he's responsible for it. He has to pay, he has to pay the aniyam. So Amale Abaya, but Abayo says connected our Brice that we had. the that if you gave it on the Nas, then there, he's going to there, there, the the the, the is potter because who can be Tevea? So Amale So "Abayo's to said what?" Some of the shammer I'm saying the we the, the is potter. You know, the Gaba is it's the Gabai. Your Gabai's the is the shammer over here. So Amale makes for lishmarhu. He says that the anim of pumpadisa, each one is already we got the, they're already. He gets twenty five dollars a week. He gets fifty dollars a week. Means the anim of Pompidisa, we've already pre designated what each one gets. Means each one can be a valid teveya. You can't say, well, who said I was going to give to you this amount? Who said I was going to give anything? To you? No, because when the Gabba G- 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 tzedaka has, it's already predetermined which ones are getting it. That makes them have the right to be teveya. That means, therefore, when it was given to you. The din of Lishmar kicks in. You're Shomrim for who? Anim. For the Aniyim. That can be toveyed for you. It's not the same as just saying give mean? it to whoever you want. All the so there, there, there's, a, there's a register. We have a register it's of Aniyim. Whatever. In. What's that? even. Uh, whatever. This one gets $25. This one gets $50. So whatever they have a right to be toveyed, that could be a right to vey after that amount from you. Alright. We begin the Ezra Shem, the ninth Perek of Mesechus Babakamim. Perek ate Eitzim. Alright. We learned earlier in the Mesechda, Samach Vav, we learned that a person that steals, even though the Torah is talking about Gzela, we learn how Gzela and Gneva have the same. Allah HaLagab It says, There is a a Mitzvah Asay, actually. To return the Gzela, the, throw, the Torah throws in a couple extra words. What are the extra words? The Heshev is Gzela, Asher Gozal. Now, what do we learn from this Asher Gazal? We learn out that if there's been any significant change to the item that was stolen, then the acquisitions of Gazela allow you to hold on to that item, and you only have to pay the monetary value of what the item was when you stole it. And that's what this mission is going to be dealing with. HaGozal ate him, person who stole wood, for awesome Caleb, and he turned them into vessels. Semer, he stole uh, wool, for awesome begot him, and he turned them into garments. Meshalem kesha the changing into the uh, vessels or the garments is considered to be a significant shinui, change. And therefore, you're responsible not to give back the item. You keep the item that was changed. You pay for, the the raw materials as they were when you stole. That's your financial responsibility. You stole a pregnant cow. And it gave birth by you. Rachel to you stole a, uh, a, a female sheep it's called a ewe and it was laden with wool the gazaza and you sheared it you pay the value of a cow that is waiting to give birth and you pay the value of the ewe that, that is waiting to be sheared now here we have a machlokas Rashi and the Rosh Rashi learns is that the significant change is really only in terms of the actual fetus and the wool, which is no longer attached. So therefore, you keep the fetus and you keep the wool, the the garnet. But the actual animal, there's not considered to be a significant change to actual animals. The animal itself has to be returned. The only thing is, you have to pay the differential of what this animal is worth now as opposed to what it was worth when it was pregnant or when it was laden with wool. But the animal itself, is not only this, the significant changes in the is in the actual the wool that was sheared or the fetus that was born? The Rush disagrees, but the Rosh holds that here you keep the entire this package deal because the chinuy is considered to be significant in both the fetus and the mother and the animal that wasn't she- the animal that was sheared is also and therefore you pay the value of what it was under the entire amount, not just the differential between the animal and that. So that's a machlokas Rashi and the Rush. All right. Gazal Para, If you stole a cow, and it became impregnated by you, Yalda, and then it gave birth. Rachel, you stole a a a a a, a that had already been shorn. It already had the fleece was already removed from it. it and it grew the wool, became laden with the wool by you, and then you sheared it, meshalim keshas in this case, again, you pay the value, and we'll see more exactly what the din over here is, but Lahora, according to Rashi, for sure, you're going to have to give back just the, you'll give back the animal it was at the time of when it was stolen. Right? z'aklal, this is the general rule of this Mishnah. Kol all those who steal, have to pay for the item what it was worth at the time and not if you made a significant change you don't, then you keep it and you don't have to pay for that at that time you pay for what it was worth at the time when it was stolen that is the Mishnah now we're going to elaborate further now the Gemara at this point understands that what happens in the first two cases of our Mishnah you stole wood it means you stole raw material you went to, someone chopped down a tree you stole the wood and then what did you do? You fashioned it into vessels or you stole the wool. The wool had just been sheared and you went and stole the fleece and then you went and made clothing out of it. Now in order to do that, there is an interim stage. The wood has to be uh, oh, what planed. What is it called? Planed? The wood has to, you have to plane the wood. What's that? It's not, you have to plane it in order to make it into wood that now can be made into a closet. But to make it, You have to plane it. And 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 also, you don't just take wool that was just uh, sheared. You have to you have to bleach it. There's a process that has to happen, and then you make it into a garment. So the fact that our Mishnah is only saying what makes it significant as a shinui, that you don't give it back is only once you actually made it into the closet, or only once you made it into the garment. It implies that the process sees. That are in the interim are not significant enough to be called a shinui. Because otherwise, then why did you give me the example of only at the end when you made a closet? The chora is already considered significant shinui when I, when I had to wash it and bleach it and spin it. Those should be the significant shinui. That's not considered significant shinui. The only thing that's considered significant shinui is when you fashioned it into the final product. That's the simple understanding of our Mishnah. So Amri, so the Bnei Yeshiva said like this, him they pointed out, it says him you took the wood, for us and Kalim, you made it into the vessels. In, that's considered to be a significant chain. Shippon, the act of actually planing it, you got this large chunk of wood, and now I planed it and smoothed it, that's not considered to be a shinur. Look, that wouldn't be considered on by tsemer, by the wool, for us and B'gandim, only because you made it into clothing, is in, that's considered to be a... Um, a, a significant change. But live none, where you just whitened it, you bleached it, right? That act, which is necessary, to make it into clothing, that alone would not be considered to be low, that would be a significant shinoy. And, and the proof is simple, because why else did the Gemara give the example of the shinoi that's kona as the final product of making it into kalim or making it into a garment? For Aminah, he asks the Gemara, I'm gonna, a, a contradiction, we said in the brysoh, Gazal ate him. of a person stole wood, the sheep on and he planed it. Avonim, he stole stones, precious stones, the citaton, I don't know if it's a precious or not, but and he chiseled them. Semer, he stole wool, the livnon, and he whitened them, pishton, he stole flax, the Nikayu and he combed them, he removed the broken pieces, he made he, he made he combed the flax, he cleaned the flax. He pays for what it was when he stole the raw product, which implies that the intermediary process is enough to be considered a shinui. So, lechora, that seems to be contradicting what our Mishnah said. So, amarabaya. So, abaya answers as follows. Now, what Abayah is going to learn, it's going to be a big machlokas. Here we're going to have different uh, uh, a number of different shitas. What Abayah is going to say. So let's start with Abayah. He's going to say it like this: that may not Torah. In order for a shinui to be kona, and that you don't have to give the item back, it has to be a shinui that is einachoser. It's significant, and the the process can no longer be reversed. If you do such a significant process, then it can then then uh, uh, it's uh, it's a shinui, it's kona, and you have to pay the money, and you don't re- you don't return the the item. Came along the rabbanon says Abai, and said that even in some cases where it is a reversible shinui, nevertheless the chachamim said that we're going to call that a shinui, and you also don't have to reverse the process, and you can t- keep the item and pay for what it was worth. Whatever the reasons are, we'll see. But that's they, they made a special leniency for the Ghana for the Goslin that even sometimes with a rabbinical shinoi that's not a choser libri, or that's its original form, you can still be kona the item. Our Mishnah is talking about the rabbinical shinoi because when we said in our Mishnah that he stole wood or he stole the wool, not like we thought that he stole the raw product. It's talking about that he stole the finished raw material that's just ready to be assembled. The, wo- the wood had already been planed. The wool had already been whitened. And therefore, all that was necessary, let's take the case of the closet, all that was necessary to do is put the closet together. Now, that's really a shinoi that's choser. Why? Because you can uh, disassemble the closet and you're back with the planed wood, which he stole. Or we're going to see the garment also. It was garment that already, the, 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 thread, it was already, the thread was made, it was just ready to be weaved. You can unravel the weave. So therefore, our Mishnah is talking about that the Shini was not really significant. It was only the Shini de Rabonin. And the Mishnah is telling you that even in some cases, a reversible Shini, a Shini de Rabonin, is Kona and you have to pay. The Bryce is talking about the ikaradin, the daraisa. So Brice is talking about actually the case where you stole the raw product and you planed the wood. That's not reversible. Where you took the, the, the wool and you bleached it. Not reversible. So therefore, in those cases... Taka, that would be constituting a Shinu, and that's the Shinu de raisa. So, according to Abaya, our mission is talking about well, you stole, you didn't steal the raw product, you stole the processed product, and it's only a Shinu de Rabbonin. and the Raisa is talking about well, you stole the raw product, and the process itself is the Shinu that's in to Minatora. So, let's see Abaya inside. So, I'm Don, was teaching us Shinu de Rabbonin, the rabbinical Shinu, the Hadra, that is reversible. But cane and for sure that our Tana of the Brisa would of the Mishnah would agree with the Tana of the Braissa that if it's a Shinu day that if it's an irreversible Shinu, it will be Kona. So therefore what's the case of the Mishnah when you stole the wood for Asam Kalim and you made them into vessels? That's talking about the Aitzim Mishup, and you stole the wood that already had been planed, and therefore always was the assembly. Umay Nihu, what is that? sermon? you stole planks, you stole ready-made planks. The Shinu Hada that is a Shinu that could go back to the original form of what you stole. T'ibay Mashliv Luhu, because you can just pull it apart, you can disassemble the claws, and you're back to your planks. Semer, when it says that you stole the wool, for us and the and you made them into clothing, that's with semer You stole a ready, you stole wool that had already been spun. You stole the thread that was spun already. Because this is considered to be, what you did with it is a reversible shinui. Because you can undo the braid, you can undo the weave, and therefore just go back to being the, the spun thread again. Then, the only thing is, that the midrabonan you already went and made it into a garment, the halacha is, shinu, 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 choser, is midrabonin's kona. The kosher cane, shinu, deraisa. And for sure, if you stole the plain, the, 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 plain wool, and you, and, and you did a shino to it, you went and you, uh, bleached it, or something like that, that you would be chayev, it, it would be already, I mean, chayev, you'd be a uh, kona it, and you wouldn't have to give it back, like the bryce says. The bra, and the of the braisa, shinu de raisa, Katani, layi, Katani. He's focusing on the Shinodai Raisa, he's not focusing on the Shinoda and therefore he's talking about we stole the raw product, you planed it, you bleached it, those things, you chiseled it, those are Shinodai Raisa that are not reversible in its kind. And that's our mission, right? No, that was not, that was the Brysa. Our we talked about, you told, you stole the, the, the raw product was, it was already processed, it was already a finished product, and you just assembled it, which is Chosu in Kona. That is the Teret according to Abaya. According to Abaya, you are being machadesh, that the time of Amish is teaching us, there is a reversible Shinoi that's Kona Midra Ravashi Rav Ashi disagrees with that. He does not hold that there is a Shinoi Dura that's reversible. He does not seem to hold that. And, and he said, that's not what the Mishnah is referring to, so you still have to come up now. What's the pshat? Why is there a difference between our Mishnah and the Braisa? So Ravashi Amar, he says, raisa katani. There's no such thing Shinidra Our Tan is also talking about a Shinidra Brysa, which he holds is an, irre- an irreversible Shinidra in its kona. What's it talking about Where well, you stole wood and you made it into a vessel? You know what the vessel is referring to? A, buch, a buchani. A buchani is a pestle. You know what a pestle is? That's the, the, the clump of wood that you use to smash grain in the mortar. Just try to crush. Now that, all it requires to turn it into it, is planing. Means that is the, the process that turns it into the vessel is the act of planing it. That's the case it's referring to. So it's not that you're going plane it and then make it into a closet. No. You planed it, that made it into the pestle. The Hainu which is our Mishnah, which is the same as the brysa. So there's really no difference. The same process in our Mishnah, which are, the makes a shinu, is the Shinnu, is the, is, the pla- is the planing <laughs> of the brysa. Tsemer, the case of the wolves, Vosna and them and you made it into clothing. Namte. Namte means like this. Namte is felt. You know what felt is? Felt is you take wool and you press it. You press it down. Now, it's not reversible. Now, in such a case, you don't have to bleach the wool. The wool, right away, you can make it into, it's like very uh, rough clothing. It's like felt. You can make it by pressure, by, by pressing it down. So, our mission says, if you have raw wool, and you turn it into clothing, what did you do with it? You pressed it and made it into felt. That's considered to a shinoi. That's our mishnah. Our is not talking about bleaching because you don't need bleaching in that case. The brisa is saying is let's say you don't want to turn it into felt. You want to make it into a smooth, uh, into a supple, soft garment. Then the first step would have to be is you have to whiten it. You have to bleach it. Then that would be considered the shinoi. So there's no contradiction. In both cases they're doing different processes. They're not contradicting. Our mishnah you don't need the bleach because you're making felt. Felt and what makes it is, the, is into the garment is the pressing. That's the shino that's so not Khaiza, It's a shino de raisa. The brysa is talking about. I'm not using it for felt. I want to make clothing out of it. So then the first process that makes it irreversible and it's going to be kona is what? Is bleach. Is the it's the whitening? Is the bleach. So And they're all deraisa. So therefore, so shino de loah uh, uh, uh So therefore, the name de the like this. frag the right now. So let's start, let's go on the brysa. According to the brysa, you take raw wool fleece. And you whiten it. First step, you whiten it. That is, according to Brice, a shinu and it's not, uh, it's not chaser, and uh, it, that's your cone and you only have to pay for it fragment more of libun me have a shinui is the act of libun the act of whitening it is that truly considered to be a shinui i'm going to ask you a contradiction so it's going to be a kasha from a contradiction between two brises. the brise that says it is a shinui and the following brise. now this second that deals with the kohen is uh, as a, has a claim to the the the, the fleece the shearings of every year that you have from your, your new, your, your sheep that you, that you shear. That's called reishis, I guess the first of the fleece. You have to give one sixtieth, that's the Chachameh the shear, one sixtieth of the, uh, of the yield of the, of, of the shorn wool has to go to the Kohen. However, there is a minimum amount of shearing that kicks in the halocha. You have to have a minimum amount, a certain amount, I think it's five sheep, each one producing one and a quarter cellar worth of, of wool. If there's an amount, then it's an amount. Now, what happens over here, if the Kohen, I mean if the Yisroel does something significant to create a Chinui in the wool before the full amount is accumulated, he's it and it's not Mestaref. It does not combine to the amount to kick in the din of Reishas HaGez. So this bride is dealing with what is considered to be a significant change that does not allow that wool to be metstaroth to the mitzvah of the chiv of the rachis HaGez. So it says, Lo hispik lit lo. If you did not yet give it to the Kohen, Ad until you dyed it. You dyed it. Now the process of dying is they would first whiten it, and then after it became whitened, they would stick it in a uh, pot and cook it with a dye and it would change the color. So it says, if you dyed it, then potter. You don't have to include this in the amount that's given to Horatius, I guess. Liv no, of If you just whitened it without actually dyeing it, then chayef, then you're still obligated to give it as Rachel I guess means it's not significant uh, as a shiner so it's a direct contradiction with the first price that we had because the first is said by a goslin, that shiner the the the, 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 the livnoi is a shiner and your kona. and according to the or the case by the Kohen, it's not a shinur. now there's a difference between the kenyan of both cases because by a goslin you have to pay by the by the Yisrael, there's no financial responsibility. Just the question is, do I have to give this part of the racial? Because it's not. Now, so Amr Abaya. So Abaya said, Lord Kasha. We can get out of the contradiction. Ha Rabbi Shimon he ha Rabbonon. That there's a machlokos of Shimon Rabbonon whether libun, whether whitening is considered to be a significant institution or not. So therefore, the Brysa that says it is, that's going to be going like Rab Shimon. The Brysa that says it's not by racial, I guess. That's going to be going like the Rabbonin. The Sanya, like we learned in Abrisa. Gazazoi, if they sheared the animal. tavoy they spun the thread. They made it into thread. Argo, or they braided it, or they weaved it. A Mitzdaref, it's not Mitzdaref, it means that the Yisrael did any one of these three things. It's considered a significant amount to... Uh, uh, to be a, a shina, I might have switched around the sheets as before. Rav Shimon Omer ain't mitz... Rav Shimon Omer aim mitz That whitening alone is not considered to be a significant shina. I, might, I think I switched around. So therefore Rav Shimon libun is not. And therefore Rav Shimon is like that second brysa. And the Chachamim Libna is. So therefore the Chachamim is mitz means uh... Uh, no, I was right. I'm sorry, I didn't know really right. Livno ain't mitzarev. He holds that, Livno, even whitening is ain't mitzarev. It is considered enough of a shino. I was right, I'm sorry. Livno is considered to be a shino, And if it's not mitzarev. It not accumulates to the amount given. And Ahachemus said, No, that Livno alone, it has to be dyed. Just bleaching it alone, or, or whitening it alone, we'll see what whitening means, is not enough. So Lechairah, according to Abaya, he says the way to reconcile, where way one briser says, Smash whitening is a shinui, and the other bright thing whitening is not. It's not a problem. It's two different tanoim. The bright, the one that says whitening is a shinui, that's going like Reb Shimon. The one that says whitening is not a shinui, that's going like the Chachamim. You can say that both brises are going like a bribes. You don't have to make it a machlokas of Shimon and born between the two brises, Even though there exists a machlokas, but it doesn't have to be the two brises are arguing. Why? Because, look, like Kasha. It seems that there are two ways to bleach, to whiten. One is where you hand combed, you picked out, you have to pick out the shmutz. So if you did it by hand, it's not as effective, because you don't get everything. And therefore, the, the whitening process, after you do that, will not be as significant as if you combed it and you whitened it. So therefore, there's two different levels of whitening. There's whitening where you first clean it by hand, which is naftzeh nefutse, and that is not considered to be a shinui. And Rosh Biyad. And the second, case, the, the, the second way of doing it is maybe much more tedious. You have to actually comb out all the impurities. And in such a case, then the Libun is considered to be a shinun. So therefore, that's how, that's the answer given by Rav. He says He also says that there's actually different types of Libun. the different times you do it. Uh, is where you do it with, it's with, 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 sulfur. Is it actually a bleaching process that whitens it with a chemical with using sulfur to wipe it? In that case, where you use sulfur, that's considered to be a significant shinui. But in the other case, where you just, where you just, um, What's the, what's the lotion over there? Not Kavre kavruye is... Uh, I mean, Kavre chav, uh, Havre chavre, chavre is... I guess it means that you just like... You, you whiten it by washing it out. You don't add any chemical uh, uh, component. So in such a case, then it would be... It would not be considered to be a significant shinu. I think Tosva says over here is that there's like a middle case. There's a middle case, meaning, meaning that we had a machlokas between... That explains the, the two brises. So one brises says that it's not a shinui That's referring to where you just washed it out. The brises that says that it is a shinui is where you use sulfur. What about the machlokas from Shimon and the hachomim? Where do they argue? So the... the so Jesus says, like this, right? It's not considered to be significant. It's not considered to be significant. Alright? So, where is the actual... So, there's like a middle case over here. Mm-hmm. What's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Tolstus. I'm pointing to... Mm-hmm. points it out. Mm-hmm. So, say, right. so, uh, so there's, a, there's, uh, there's a middle case where you whiten it. I don't remember exactly, but... You're whitening it. I, 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 see, I don't know, if, I don't know what... The, you have it over there down. Take a look in the art scroll over there in the comments. But there's a middle case where you whiten it without using sulfur but it's more than just washing it out and that's going to be the machlokus between rabbi uh, the chachamim and and, and Rav shimon as to whether that form of libun constitutes a shinui or does not constitute a shinui Hash the now there is to say that saval shimon loha the shinui that even that, that dying he holds we're going to see now even changing the color is not considered to be a shino according to Rav Shimon. So and have a shino. So how do we say that whitening is considered a shino? If dying according to Rav Shimon is not considered a shino, we're going to see Kalvachomer Kol again, Just whitening is also not. The sign we learned in a If the Yisroel was shearing his animals, and as he was shearing each fleece of its on its own, he was dying it. So it did not accumulate at one time to the amount that one is required to give ratios I guess so. Then or rishon rishon v'tavo, or he was uh, shearing each one and then he was spinning the thread from it, making again creating a change in it. Or rishon rishon v'argo. Or what he was doing is that uh, each fleece individually they were weaving before they, 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 they accumulated all of the required fleece at one time to be chayev. Ein In all of these cases, since you've done a shinoi each time, before it got to the full amount, it's not mitzitarv and there is no chiyuv of rachis. I guess. Rav Shemim and Yehuda, Aymer Mishum Rav Shemim, that's the key here. He's saying in the name of Rav Shimon, he said, Sava'i if it was dying it, then Mitsarov, dying alone is not constitute enough of a Shinui to be considered significant enough change to take it out of the Khib of Raishis Hages. So what do you see? We see here Rabshiman says that even dying is not does not constitute a shinui. So how could you say yesterday that according to Rabshiman, bleaching or whitening alone is considered to be a Shinui? So Rabbi aloy kasha. It's two different opinions as to what Rabshiman said. Ha-Rabbonon, Al-Ibid Shimon. One, the Shita yesterday, which is Rav Shimon, without saying anybody's opinion of Rav Shimon, is the Chachamim's understanding of Rav Shimon, that even whitening alone does constitute a Shinui. The Bricer that you just quoted here in Rashi's or Guess, that's going like it's, his, it's the opinion of Rav Shimon ben Yehuda, Al-Ibid Shimon, who holds that, that, forget about whitening is not a Shinui, even... Dying would not be consti- con- not constitute a shinut. So we have machlokas as to what, Rab- according to Abaya we have machlokas as to what the opinion of Rav Shimon is. That Chachamim held Rav Shimon's opinion was that even bleaching or, die- or whitening is a shinut. And Rav Shimon uh, ben Yehuda held, according to Rav Shimon, is that even dying was not a shinut. That's one Amar Lo Olam Lo there is a, a, a Rabona of Shimon and Yehuda. There's no machlokas as to interpreting Rav Shimon. Everybody agrees what Rav Shimon holds, but the difference is that we, we the premise we thought that bleaching or whitening is not as significant a change. As dying, that's a mistaken premise, says Abayya, because shani tzeva that dying is different. You can with soap, you can remove the dye. Since when you die, it can be removed with soap. Therefore, what? So therefore, it's a shinu, that's choser. The goes back to its initial. That's why Reb holds that dying is not enough of a significant shino, but bleaching. Whitening cannot be reversed. And therefore, forget that whitening is more of a shinui than if you stole, let's say, already bleached fleece. And then you dyed it, that would be something that's choz so libriyosa, you can remove this, and that's not considered to be a shinui. V'chik tani. And what about the Mishnah and Chulin that we had brought earlier? We had Lohis litno alo Achet shet potter. We had an earlier Mishnah yesterday that said that if the Kohen did not yet give, the Yisrael did not give it to the Kohen, and he died it, that he's potter from giving it. So this seems to say clearly, and about Kimna Gadivra Ako, we said it's going according to everyone, even according to the Sheet of Rab Shimon we had said, everybody agrees in that case, even Rav Shimon, that it's considered to be a significant shinui. Rav just said now that dyeing, according to Rav Shimon, is not a significant shinui because it could be removed with soap. So how do you understand the mission over there that says, even according to Rav Shimon, it is considered a significant shinoy? It says there, over there, the color elon. Color Elon is a color that's called indigo. Now this specific dye is the law of our, it cannot be removed. Once it stains, you're not going to be able to get it out. So there is. That's the mission over there that says it's considered a significant shinui. It's dafka talking about when you dye it an indigo, but all other colors that you dye could technically be removed with detergent, with soap, and therefore according to Shimon, it's not considered to be a significant shinui. That is the teretz of rubber. So rubber says that, that there's no machlokas in Rashi's shita. You just have to say he all stuck a shinui is kona, but bleaching is is worse. Is more significant than dying. Robert didn't give that teretz. Robert said there is a machlokas in understanding of Shimon's shita. Amar Bayo, Morag goes right. It says Rav Shimon ben Yehuda, Beis Rav Rab ben Yaakov, Rav Shimon ben Lozar, Yishmael, Kurlu, Svirulu. All of them in some capacity. Hold. It might not be exactly they all hold the same opinion, but in some capacity, they all at some point hold shinoi bimkoma That a shinoi remains in its place, which means that uh, uh, that the fact that it's been a shinoy does not uh, change the object's ownership. That the fact there's a Shinoi it still remains the, the object of the original owner. Or the status, it, the Shinoi does not change the status of the object. We're gonna bring down each one of these atanoyim, show at some level, or some capacity, because there's been a shinui, it does not change the original, either jurisdiction or status of the object. The so if somebody steals something, that would L'chor, that's, is not Kona. It's that's what it's saying. Sifre so, says like this: Rab ben Yehuda had the Amrun Abaya l'shitoslo brings a raya from Shimon Yehuda because he said uh, that even if you die it, remember Abaya even if you die it, it doesn't change the fact that you're still high of raise um, is a, a race, I guess, on it. It didn't so therefore that's a raya that Rab Shemim held that Rab Shimon Yehuda held that that that, that the shina Koma Be beishamai. What about beishamai maihi? From where we see the sign, we learned in the Brisa. We had this uh, earlier in the Masechta. We said like this that a, there is a pasuk in the Torah that says that there are certain things that you're not allowed to bring to the base of because it's a state, so It's considered an abomination. And one of the and the, the one of the cases was esnanzona, esnanzona. If you use uh, an item, an uh, article, an animal to pay. As you use as consideration for services of a zona, so that item becomes stigmatized, and you can't, it's, it's, it's considered an abomination. ...to bring that item to the of mikdash now... ...that the zona wants to offer it in the of mikdash, ...she cannot, it becomes disqualified. So we said over there, it's either a, an animal that's used to pay a zona... ...or if it, you switched a seh for a dog... ...something that, a, a mechir kelev, you purchased a, a dog with a seh... ...those two items cannot be brought to the of Migdash. So we learned that it's in the Bray says as follows... ...it says, ...let's say, as part of the consideration wheat was given... Besnana as the uh, an exchange for her services. Asan Solis. Now she went and she ground it into flour. Or you gave Zesim. you gave olives to so Asan Shemen, and they were made into oil. Anovim grapes, Asen Yaim, made into wine. Tani Chad. On one hand, we have a brayz that says Asurin. It's Asur that it's Asur to use these items, even though they've, they've undergone a significant change. They still are disqualified from bringing to the base of Mikdash. But Tanya and we have another bryce that says Mutzer that you could bring these items to the base of Mikdash. So I am Yosef, and Rabbi Yosef explained. That Tani Gurion, Gurion taught in a Brysa, Gurion Maspuruk, he taught that, uh, it's a machlokas tanoyim. Beishamai osrin, Beishamai hold that the significant change has not impacted status. And therefore, that's the first Brysa that says it remains Osir even though it underwent a significant change. And they sell all the ones that are material, and that's the second Brysa that says that it is Mutter. So this, uh, this Gurion Rabbi Yosef taught that in the name of this Gurion Ma'asfurak, is that there is this Machlokas. Now, what's this Machlokas based upon? My time at the Bay Shammai, what do they hold? The Damar because the Pesach says, Esnan Zona and Mechir Kelev, like we said, kisikisavas Hashem Elokech, it's an abomination for Hashem your God, Gam Shneiom, also both of them. What's this also? This is redundant. We mean also both of them. Also both of them, means them in any form. Even if they've drastically changed their form, it's still an abomination. So therefore you see here Be that the Shinui does not change the status. What does Beis hold? They say Amakra, it says Shnehem is Hem, Shnehem. Why does it say Gam? What The word Shnehem is also extra. So you learn Shnehem means hem, shnei hem, only if it's the way they were when you initially receive, when the zone originally received it. But lo, shinu no, But not if they've undergone a fundamental change, a serious, significant change. So therefore, the same clause, gam shnehem. Beishamai learn out from the word gam, lerabos shinu no, And Beishamai learn shnehem hem, below shinu yehem. Says the Gemara, What do they do with the word According to the word says, ahu That they agree it's only them. But let's say a, 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 the gift or the, the 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 consideration was a pregnant cow, and then the cow gave birth. So now that that the, the fetus that now has been birthed does not be is not disqualified. Haim, the animal itself, and not the infant, not the not the vlad. That's what Beis, uh, Shammai do with the word haim. But if the item itself underwent a serious change, it still will be prohibited. The offspring, not, but the item itself. Now what a base hello. So I said, base learn that the word haim can teach you both haim them but not if they're undergone a significant change, and not if it's not them, but it's the, uh, now it's the offspring. So they can use the word heim for both. Heim below or yeah, they're not if there's any significant change. And heim below yishinu and not the offspring. Now, what they, so we explained what Beishamai do with the word gam, and we explained what they do with the word heim. All we explained right now is what Beishilal do with the word heim. But they... That's the question. What do they do with the gum? So that is difficult according to Baisilla. It's not, it's not clear what they do with that. But nevertheless, you see that Baisamah disagree in the primary concept. According to Baisamah, even if something something's undergone a significant change, it still retains its... Status of prohibition. So that was what, raised, what what Rabbi was saying. That according to Beis is that uh, that the shinui bimkomo oh, it remains in its place.